0: if you would, to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, we're going to be all over Acts this morning, but it's right at the beginning that Luke makes his first reference to the resurrection. He begins Acts this way. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, Had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your Son showed himself alive for forty days, that in unmistakable ways, he declared himself to be the real Jesus. Not a phantom, not a ghost, not a departed spirit of the afterlife, but a real man, bodily himself, once dead, now alive again. Lord, help us to understand the resurrection of Jesus, the proclamation of the resurrection, the reality of the resurrection, And the fact that the resurrection of Jesus is just the first of the resurrections, that we too will rise from the dead in company by the power of His resurrection. Free us from distraction this morning. Help us to focus our hearts and our thoughts on your living Son, who lives and reigns with you and your Spirit in three persons, one God in three persons, forever and ever. Amen. So Luke tells us that Jesus presented himself alive to the apostles for 40 days. Now you can fool people for a couple of days with a disguise. But people who had known him well, who had lived with him for three years, he didn't show himself once or twice for 10 minutes in a dark room. He was with them for seven weeks. Six weeks, almost. Forty-two days is six weeks, yeah. And they saw him, and they said, this is real. He's alive. What does Luke tell us about the resurrection? Well, we're going to pick out several themes. Jesus is alive. Jesus is the first to rise from the dead. Jesus' resurrection is the hope of Israel. Jesus' resurrection empowered the pouring out of the Spirit. It raises the dead and it shows that he conquers darkness. So let's dive in. Some of the proclamation of the reality of Jesus. First, the first point, the most important point today, Jesus' resurrection is real. It's not a psychological resurrection where his friends realized, I can live like Jesus did. Or an ethical resurrection where the friends said, wow, he gave his life for me. I'm going to dedicate my life to wonderful causes. It was not a political resurrection, where though he was dead, his cause lived on. The famous martyr syndrome. Oh, that person died. Well, let's work harder to make the good world happen. No, Jesus' resurrection was physical. It was real. His body was dead, was laid in the tomb, his spirit had gone to paradise, and then his spirit returned and animated his body once again, and his body was healed of any rot, deformity, wounds. The wound prints were still there. and He was healed. It was not a voodoo thing, the zombie that we're all familiar with, a corpse controlled from the outside by a demon. That's not what a resurrection is. Resurrection is life coming back into a person who was dead. And in that sense, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around this. All of us have cut down plants and thrown them to the side and watched them wither up. And we've never seen the Christmas tree that's turned brown and dead and it's here in April and it's been sitting out in the yard. We have never seen it turn green again and come back to life. Plants don't do that. Animals don't do that. You will never see the half-rotten antelope by the side of the road suddenly heal itself and jump up and trot away. But Jesus did that. How did he do that? Well, Paul talks about that in a few minutes We'll look at that. But the thing that we see first is simply that He presented Himself alive after He suffered deaths. After He suffered death. He was seen by them during 40 days. The apostles are eyewitnesses of that as they mention several times in the book of Acts. They saw Jesus alive and they knew it was really Him. It was not His stunt double. It was not an imposter. It was not His brother. It was Him. And the crazy thing about this, the point that's almost as hard for us to wrap our minds around is that His resurrection was merely the first of a resurrection that is in store for all of us. One of our friends in New Hampshire died this past week. 70 years old. Had a sudden heart attack Tuesday morning. He was at his daughter's house having breakfast with his grandkids stood up and said to his daughter, Jema, I'm having a heart attack. Grabbed his chest and fell over. The (laughs) Grandkids were like, Grandpa's dead! Grandpa's dead! They grabbed him, rushed him to the hospital where they tried everything. Six hours later, he was gone. So as my uncle was preaching the funeral yesterday, we tuned in and my uncle said, Yes, sudden deaths. The fact is, how many of us are terminal? The death rate is 100%. One out of one will die. Or if you prefer out of a million, a million out of a million. A thousand out of a thousand, 100%, 100 out of 100. None of us will make it. Whether that death is sudden or slow, expected or unexpected, violent or peaceful, Death is coming and it has our name. It is not a question of if, it's a question of when. But at the end of Acts, Paul speaks to King Agrippa in chapter 26. And Paul sums up his message in this way. He says, having obtained help from God to this day, I stand witnessing to both small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come. And then he sums it up that the Christ would suffer, that He would be the first to rise from the dead, and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. So what was Paul's message? Jesus died. Jesus was the first to rise from the dead. That is that others are going to rise from the dead after Him. Yes, we will all die, but we will die. Rise again. In fact, the Bible says that the resurrection is universal. Every human being will come back to life in their same body. Some to the resurrection of life. Some to the resurrection of judgment. Those who know Christ, who are in Christ, will rise like Him. Perfect. Ready to go to heaven. Ready to live with the Father in the Father's house forever. And those who don't know Christ will rise to an existence worse than a zombie's. A life of pain and terror and fear and rage such as none of us can imagine. Paul says, Jesus would be the first to rise from the dead. Resurrection is coming for all of us. That's what gives us hope when a believing loved one dies, yes, I will see her again. I will see him again. I went back yesterday and reread the scene in Book 11 of the Odyssey where Odysseus goes to the underworld and he meets his mother, whose spirit is there. He tries to hug her, and his arms pass right through her body. So he tries again. And a third time, and finally he says, Mom, why won't you hug me? She says, don't you understand? This is how all the dead are. We're ghosts, son. The Christian message is, yes, the dead are ghosts right now. Your spirit lives on when your body dies, but that is not permanent. That is temporary. And at the last day, body and soul will be reunited For every human person, Jesus was merely the first to rise from the dead. Paul adds, a couple of chapters later in chapter 28, that the resurrection of Christ is the hope of Israel. For this reason, therefore, he says to his Jewish uh, compatriots in Rome, for this reason, therefore, I have called for you, to see you and speak with you, because for the hope of Israel, I am wearing this chain. What was Israel's hope? Israel's hope was in God acting to set everything right. Things are going wrong. An observation that you will find no one to disagree with. Now, or in the first century, or any other time in human history since Adam took the fruit. But the hope of Israel was is that God would enter the world to fix the world. On the back of our dollar bill is that great seal of the United States with the all seeing eye on the pyramid, and what is the motto underneath? Novus Ordo Seclorum, a new order of the ages. Empty boast. The founding of the United States did not introduce a new order of the ages. The old order of great power politics and wars and rumors of wars and all the rest of it continues unabated to this day. But the coming of Christ, and especially the resurrection of Christ, did introduce a new order of the ages. Maybe we should print that on the back of every copy of the Bible. New Order of the Ages, read this book to find out what it is. Jesus came to a world where 100% of people, animals, and plants would die. And he threw a monkey wrench into that machinery and stopped the machinery of death. In fact, he reversed it so that death would come undone. How is that possible? The answer is that death is a penalty imposed by God. It's a judicial punishment for sin. And therefore, if sin is taken away, God can remove the punishment of sin, which is death. His heavy hand imposed the punishment. No hand lighter than his could lift it. That's why scientists and engineers will never be able to do more than postpone death by a few years because death is a judicial sentence cast upon those who turn away from God in sin. The hope of Israel is that sin could be dealt with. And the resurrection shows that it has, because if someone is risen from the dead, then the penalty of sin has come to an end. The prophets foretold this, Peter preaches in Acts chapter 2. David, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, nor did his flesh see corruption. Psalm 16 prophesies it. Someone will rise from the dead. In fact, the Son of God, the King of Israel, he will rise from the dead. Sin will come to an end, and it's proven because death will come to an end. And the apostles saw the resurrection. They say it in so many words. Chapter 4, verse 33, for instance. And with great powers, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. What did the apostles say? We were with Him for 40 days. We saw Him for nearly six weeks. We went in and out with Him. We ate with Him. We talked with Him. We did things we did before He died. And He died and came back to life and we could still do Those same things because he was resurrected. Easter is a hope fulfilled. The hope of Israel come to pass in reality. Peter, Luke kicks off his narrative with the statement that Jesus presented himself alive. And then, what is the first big set piece? Well, it's the coming of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And Peter describes this as Jesus pouring out the Spirit in light of His resurrection and ascension. In other words, could Jesus have poured out the Holy Spirit before He rose from the dead? The answer in one sense is no. It was His resurrection, His dealing with sin, that gave Him the right to send the Holy Spirit to the church. It's as resurrected that Christ sends out the Spirit who comes and changes hearts and lives and grows the fruit of the Spirit on the people of God. So yes, Pentecost is a separate holiday. It comes seven weeks from now, 50 days from now. But Easter paves the way. Because Jesus is risen, you have the Holy Spirit. It's a gift bought, paid for, through the resurrection. So do you know the Spirit? Love the Spirit? Value the Spirit? Pray for the Holy Spirit? He is the fruit, the biggest gift of Jesus' resurrection. Well, Luke tells us about a couple of different resurrections as well of ordinary people. We have the resurrection of Tabitha in Acts chapter 9. And in Acts chapter 20, we have the resurrection of Eutychus. We're going to talk a little bit about the resurrection of Eutychus because this is fascinating how Luke has constructed the narrative to be like the Red Sea Crossing. Acts 20... We sailed away from Philippi after the Days of Unleavened Bread. We joined them at Troas, where we stayed seven days. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued speaking... He fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Now when he had come up, had broken bread and eaten, and talked a long while, even till daybreak, he departed. They brought the young man in alive, and they were not a little comforted. Now how is that like the Red Sea crossing? What are the parallels? Well, the first parallel is the time. Night time, Israel goes into the sea at night as the sun is setting. And so it is in the evening, God's people gather in the evening. And then it's at midnight that Eutychus falls, right at the darkest time. But though it says Paul went down immediately and said his life is in him, it don't actually say he was alive until verse 12 after daybreak. Just as Israel comes out of the sea at dawn. And then in the next chapter, after the Red Sea crossing, what do they do? They eat the manna. So it is, after Paul goes down and embraces Eutychus and says his life is in him, what does he do next? Now when he had come up, had broken bread and eaten. Three points of similarity. Death at night. Going into the sea of death at night. Resurrection at dawn coming alive at dawn, and then eating the manna after the resurrection. Yes, it's not, of course, there's no sea involved, but the Red Sea crossing is the moment of Israel's resurrection. Coming out of Egypt, the land of death, we've talked about this, what is the symbol of Egypt? <coughs> a pyramid, otherwise known as a tomb. Everyone knows the giant tombs, the giant pyramids of Egypt. Israel comes out of the land of death, through the Red Sea, to the Promised Land, and they arrive on the far shore of the Red Sea at dawn. And so Eutychus is raised at dawn. Comes out of the land of death into the land of the living. Luke is telling us simply that Jesus' resurrection raises the dead, And presents them alive at dawn. Jesus rose early in the morning. So did Eutychus. Well finally, we'll talk a little bit again about Paul's statement in Acts 26. Not only that the Christ would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead. But that he would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Now, why does Luke say that Jesus will proclaim light? Because light is the opposite of darkness, and the kingdom of Satan is the kingdom of darkness. When Jesus proclaims light, he's proclaiming that the kingdom of the devil is being driven back. He's proclaiming that the resurrection of the Son of God shines a light that Satan can't resist. So as we sang in our hymn, and from three days sleep in death, As the sun has risen, resurrection is tied to the theme of dawn, daybreak, the coming of the light. Jesus is the ruler of the kings of the earth, and as his kingdom spreads, it drives back the forces of darkness. That's why he rose at dawn. He didn't rise at 8 p.m., he rose with the sun. There's still much darkness in the world. The world is in Satan's lap, John tells us. But the light of Christ is shining and it can't be concealed. How do we spread the light? By believing in Jesus. By talking about Jesus. And especially by not giving Satan, the powers of darkness, dominion in our own lives. Don't submit to the darkness. Don't walk in the darkness. How do you do that? By sinning and hiding it. By sinning and pretending it's no big deal. How do you walk in the light and shine the light? By dealing with your sin. And then being able to tell the people around you, the darkness doesn't have to win. That thing that has got you in its grip, You can get out of it. You don't have to be bossed by the drugs or the sin of whatever description it is. Because the light of the world is here. And He is alive and He's conquered the darkness. Let's pray. Father, we praise You that Your Son is alive. And that His resurrection is just the first of many to come. We thank You for the resurrection of Eutychus. We thank You for the Red Sea crossing. We thank You for the baptism we just witnessed. In which, symbolically, our brother went down into the waters of death and came up into new life in Christ. Lord, we praise You for all these things. But most of all, we praise You that Your Son sits at Your right hand by the power of God of an indestructible life. Help us to live, to obey Him, to celebrate Him, to walk in the light as He is in the light, to shine the light of the world, to let it shine that people can see those good works and glorify our life-giving Father in Heaven. Lord, we praise You in the name of Jesus, our risen Savior. Amen.